remain standing. Take your Bibles to the epistle of 3 John, right near the end of the Bible. You know the last book is Revelation, before that is Jude. And right before Jude is 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. We are in 3rd John. If you have been with us on Sunday mornings, you know we have been preaching through 3rd John, Sunday night's Life of Moses. Today, God had me switch those. This morning I preached on Moses Tonight we're looking here at 3 John, just two verses. 3 John, if we could read verse 9 and verse 10. Pastor, why would you preach on this? It's the next text. And so we preach through a book, we preach through a passage. And last time, if you were with us, we looked at the man mentioned in verse 1 to 8. So again, we're looking tonight, 3 John, just one chapter long, I'd like to read together verse 9 and verse 10. Let's read that together, reading out loud. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for each one that's here. Lord, you gave us great service this morning. We're asking that you would do the same tonight. Father, we pray that as we open up your word, these are things that were written by the Apostle John almost 2,000 years ago. But of course, all these things were up in heaven before this earth was created. So I pray to help us, Lord. There's a reason that you put this in here. Help me. Fill me with your spirit. May these things be said in the right spirit. And may they help us, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Again, if you've been with us Sunday mornings. Now, I know the summer in Sunday school, and so maybe you haven't heard much of this, but Sunday mornings we preached, first of all, through 1 John, then 2 John, now 3 John. Pastor, what do we know about those books? One, they were all written by the Apostle John. Secondly, they were all written at the end of John's life. He is likely 70 or 80 years old when he is writing these things. And John is in some kind of an itinerant traveling ministry. We would identify with that as an evangelist. He's proved himself and now he's going to churches, no doubt that he started. And he's going to them, encouraging them, teaching them, discipling them. We've learned that there's a great difference between 2 John and 3 John. 2 John was written to an unnamed Christian woman in a church in a city that we don't know. 3 John was written to a named Christian man in another city, but we don't know. So 2 John, we don't know the lady it was written to. 3 John, look there in 3 John verse 1. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. So we know who 3 John was written to. It was written to a man. There's another difference that we find. 2 John, the theme of 2 John is a warning. That unnamed Christian woman that 2 John was written to was so hospitable that she opened her doors to anybody and to everybody, and she was actually letting people into her home that did not believe 
the doctrines of the Word of God, and specifically, we won't re-preach that, but one of the doctrines of the Bible is that Jesus is God. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God in the flesh, and, and so we believe in the deity of Christ. Do you know that there are people in this town that are going door to door, they're knocking on doors, they do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That would include Jehovah's Witness, JWs. That would include the Mormons. And when they knock on your door, you need to understand that they do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So when John heard that that hospitable Christian woman was opening her doors to that kind of a person, John said, don't do it. In fact, and again, I know that some that are not with us Sunday mornings, I want you to see this. Look back there in 2 John. 2 John, uh, verse number 10, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, what doctrine? The doctrine of Christ. Receive him not into your house. Don't, don't open your door and let them in. Could I say this as kindly as I can? Do not let a Jehovah's Witness in your door. Because the Bible says so. Don't let a Mormon into your home. Because the Bible said so. Not only does it say don't receive them into your house. But secondly, at the end of verse number 10, it said neither bid him Godspeed. So don't say I hope you have a great day. I hope God blesses your work. We don't hope that God blesses the efforts of those that are teaching false doctrine. Now again, that rubs people who have been taught to be kind to everybody completely the wrong way. Pastor, how could I be unkind to somebody even like that? Paul gave two, sorry, John gave two reasons. Uh, look there in verse number 11. We're still in 2 John, verse 11. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. God says, listen, if you're gracious, if you're kind, if you open your doors to these people that do not believe that Jesus is God, God actually holds you accountable as a partaker of the evil that they're doing. That's not the only warning. Look there in 2 John verse 8. He says the other reason you don't want to open your door to them is, verse 8, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Not only God holds you partly accountable, but there are rewards that you and I as Christians have already laid up in heaven and our kind treatment of those that have false doctrine could jeopardize some of those rewards that we all have already have waiting so again second john is a warning if you would to not receive false prophets and false teachers now the reason i spent time on that it's not because i have a lack of things to say 3 John is the other side of the same coin. While 2 John said, don't be kindly to those that are teaching false doctrine, when we get into 3 John, John is writing to this other Christian man, name is Gaius, and he's saying, good on you because you are kind to those that are teaching the right doctrine. You know that there are people, not everybody that's knocking on a door is bringing false heresy. We knock on doors. 
We hand out tracts. John said to Gaius, good on you for being hospitable to those that are bringing the truth. That is really the theme of 3 John. You know that uh, the first eight verses of 3 John, look there if you would, are all written about this Christian man. Verse number one, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. And, and so uh, John is commending this man Gaius in his local church. In fact, he called him well-beloved. That term well-beloved is only found six times in all the Bible. The first four, excuse me, of those six times, it's a reference to Jesus Christ. He is God's well-beloved. The fifth time, Paul uses that word once about one of his converts that got saved early in his ministry. And John used it once, well-beloved. Many times we find the word beloved. That's 113 times. But this term, well-beloved, it's even more than love. It's cherished. We saw last time, and my message last time was, why was Gaius so well-beloved? Why? What is it that he did? We found out he focused on spiritually doing well, and his walk matched his talk, and he was welcoming both the friends and strangers, and he was we-minded and not just me-minded. Pastor, what are we looking at tonight? Well, after eight verses of commending such a good man, we now are introduced to another man in the same church that Gaius was in. And he is everything that Gaius was not. You say, well, Pastor, you have painted Gaius as a great man. Diotrephes was not a great man. You say, well, preacher, uh, are we sure of that? You know, we're going to look tonight at that man. Any church would want 10 people just like Gaius. In fact, any church would want 100 people just like Gaius. But I dare say no church wants even one that's like Diotrephes. And uh, think of it, uh, John used eight verses to talk about the good man. Then he used two verses, verse 9 and 10, to talk about this bad man. And just so that you know that these two in the same church are polar opposites, look at a word that's used in verse 9. John says, I wrote unto the church, but... You know, I've said this before, and it's come up a number of times in these last messages. But the word but, whatever the sentence is up to that point, the word but completely changes the direction of thought. The Bible says we're all sinners. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we get sinners, Christ died. That word but changes it completely. So after John has given us eight verses about this great man in this church named Gaius, he says, but Diotrephes, but. That means Diotrephes was not anything like Gaius. Look there again, verse number nine. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes. And so if you're taking notes, I know that many people do. That's my title, those two words, but Diotrephes. Again, my title is but Diotrephes. This evening, we're going to focus on the second character. You say, well, preacher, from your introduction, it sounds like this is a bad guy. <laughs> Why would we spend any time looking at this bad man 
And the reason is that God thought it important to record it in the scriptures. So if God thought it important enough to record it in the scriptures, it ought to be important enough for us to look at what it is we ought to learn from his life. Now, can I say this? As soon as a preacher does a character study on a dark character, are you listening? There's always some people that read between the lines. says, I know who he's talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about diatrophies. If the shoe fits somewhere else, that's the Spirit of God's doing. I'm talking about diatrophies. And some folks, when a preacher preaches on someone that's great, well, I know he's talking about me. <laughs> when the preacher preaches on someone that's not great at all, see, is he talking about me? Well, let the Spirit of God make the application. Is that fair? And uh, again, <laughs> where the shoe fits, where? I heard of a young preacher who was preaching a series against some sins that he saw in his congregation. And the very first message he preached uh, to that church on one of the particular things, and someone came to him after the service and said, you can't preach on that. And he said, why not? He said, the piano player is doing that. Well, the second week as he preached, someone came to him after the second message and said, you can't preach on that. The song director is doing that. After the third message, someone came to him and said, you can't preach on that. The treasurer is doing that. So he was bewildered. Now, three out of three people had objection to it. So he said, if I can't preach against those sins, what can I preach against? And, and they said, you know, you can preach against the witch doctors in Africa because there's not one for a thousand miles from here. Folks, preaching is to reach you where you're at. I read this interesting thing. There was a particular author, that uh, Bible college professor, and he was writing an article, and this is for a Southern Baptist magazine. And in the article, he made reference to this man, Diotrephes, but he didn't give his name. He just said this man was trouble in his church, and so he put that in the Southern Baptist magazine. And not long after that magazine went out, 25 Baptist deacons from various Baptist churches wrote in and canceled their subscription to the magazine. And they were bewildered. What, what's going on? And they said they all believed the article was aimed at them. <laughs> Folks, if something I say in any message touches your heart, give God the credit for that. Give God the credit and the Spirit of God the credit. I'm not preaching to single out anyone. I'm preaching the next text. Say, Pastor, what do we learn about but diatrophies? Look there in 3 John, verse number 9. 3 John, verse number 9, I wrote unto the church, but diatrophies, who loveth to have the preeminence among them. Do you know the very first problem that we learn about this man, Diotrephes? It says he loveth to have the preeminence. That preeminence means he was so concerned that he was the most noticed person in the church. That's preeminence. That word preeminence says that it was very important to Diotrephes that all eyes were on him. He had to be the dominant one. He had to be considered the superior to, superior to all others. 
the rest must consider him to be outstanding. In Diotrephes' case, that was his attitude. Could I say if that's my attitude, it's a rotten attitude. If that's your attitude, it's a rotten attitude. That is diotrophies. So if you're taking notes again, we're looking at this but diotrophies. And the first characteristic of a diotrophies is his notice me attitude. His notice me attitude. Do you know the word preeminence is only found three times in the Bible? Found one time in the Old Testament, two in the New Testament. Could I show you the other place besides here in the New Testament? Look there, keep your hand in 3 John. But look, if you would, at Colossians chapter number 1. Colossians chapter number 1. Now, again, this man, Diotrephes, he wanted to be preeminent. It was important to him that all eyes were on him. Well, is that the right Christian attitude? Let's see the other place in the New Testament where that preeminence shows up. Look there in Colossians 1 and verse 18. Colossians 1.18 is describing Jesus Christ. It says, and he, Christ, is the head of the body, the church, who was the first, beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Do you know, quite honestly, whether people notice you or notice me is really of no matter. In a church, the one that ought to be preeminent is Christ. So whether people notice what you've done, whether they notice what I've done, as long as they notice what Christ has done, that's the spirit of Christ. But that was not the attitude of Diotrephes. Uh, do you know uh, who should be the most important person in the church? And that should be Jesus Christ. Every hymn that we sing should be about God and his precious son, Jesus Christ. Every message that we preach should seek to make Jesus the dominant one. And that's exactly what Diotrephes was not. He had to be preeminent. And so again, we're looking at this but Diotrephes, and the first characteristic was this notice me attitude. Now, as sure it was, as it was important in this first century church, through John, that people noticed him, do you know that hasn't changed? In 2,000 years, there are still those today that think it's all about me. And we shouldn't be surprised that there are some that it's important that they be noticed. And you can tell by the words that they say. Why is she always allowed to sing? I can sing too. That's a diatrophies attitude. Why is he always asked to preach? I can preach too. Why are they always recognized for what they've done? What about what we've done? If it's important that people notice you, you'll never get enough notice. If, if, if you rise and fall on people patting you on the back, you'll never get enough pats on the back. And I'm saying to you, the first thing that we notice about this but, but tri, uh, diatrophies is this notice me attitude. Do you know the closer that you and I draw to Christ, it ought to be that people see us less. And it ought to be that people see Christ more. Someone recently in, in behind this pulpit, they prayed this prayer, Lord, please get me out of the way 
so people can see Jesus. Someone recently prayed that as they were about to preach. That is not a Diotrephes prayer. That is not a Diotrephes thought. The Diotrephes thought is, may they see me in all of this, but that's not the Spirit of Christ. Can you see why John would spend eight verses to make a big deal about Gaius? Because it didn't matter to him whether people saw his service, he just wanted to serve. It didn't matter to Gaius whether people recognized the help he had done, he just wanted to help. If that's where you're at, Pastor, you don't even need to mention it. Listen, I just did it for the Lord. That's Gaius. Richard, why didn't you mention my name? That's Diotrephes. Again, the first thing is but Diotrephes, and it's a notice-me attitude. Uh, keep your hand there in Third John. Look over at the Gospel of John. Now, it, not only will those that are Diotrephes, it, it's very important to people that you see that. But they want to stir that even in you. You know, I, I really think you should have saw don't you? Hold on a minute. Careful, careful. That's a trap. Well, I don't think, uh, don't you think you should have preached? Don't you think you're a better preacher? Careful. I'm saying the Diotrephes kind of spirit is trying to snag others into that same thing too. Uh, look here, if you would, in John chapter 3. Say, preacher, where do you get that? John chapter 3, we find John the Baptist is preaching. Now, he was preaching and baptizing Look there in verse number 25, John 3, verse 25. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples, that's John the Baptist, and the Jews about purifying, and they came unto John. Now listen real closely how they worded what they said. And said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, that's Jesus Christ, to whom thou bearest witness, that's who John was preaching about, Jesus Christ, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. Do you understand what's happening? They're coming to John and they're saying, now John the Baptist, I think you're a great preacher. And if I were getting baptized, I would want to be baptized by you. But have you paid attention? You're a witness of Jesus. Have you paid attention that all people are going to Jesus Christ? Do you understand what's happening? That's someone that's trying to stir in, stir in envy, stir a bitterness, and they're hoping that John takes the hook. Let's see, let's watch. If John was also a Diotrephes, he just said, you know, you're right. People don't understand. They just don't understand me. Watch John. This guy's a gayist. This guy has a walk with God. Uh, look there in verse 7. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. You know what he said? It doesn't matter to me. The ministry that I have, God's given. I'm thankful for what God's given me. I don't need any more. If God decides to give me more, so be it. Folks, that's a gayest attitude. Diotrephes is trying to stir that look at me attitude. In fact, while you're in John, look at verse 30. Now, this is humble times 10. John chapter 3 and verse 30. 
John said, he, Jesus Christ, must increase and I must decrease. Folks, that ought to be the direction of our hearts. As long as through my life people see Jesus more and me less, that's a gaius. But if in your heart and in my heart it's so important that people see us, careful, that's a doctrine. You know, as we grow in this Christian life, God should be more and we should be less. Uh, I won't tell, uh, have you turn to these places. But as you follow the apostle's life, the longer that Paul was a Christian, the more that Gaius spirit of it, I, no one has to see me as long as he, it's more and more evident. Uh, John, sorry, John, Paul wrote this, and you can write down if you want, 1 Corinthians 15, 9. Paul said, for I am the least of the apostles. That's 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9. He, he wrote that in 57 A.D. I think the dates are important. Paul said, I'm the least of the apostles. Well, hold on, Paul. Come on. Surely you did more than Bartholomew. What did Bartholomew ever get done? Come on, Paul. Surely you did more than Thomas. Every time we read about him, he's doubting. Come on, Paul. Surely, surely you did more than Thaddeus. You understand? Paul said no. Paul said, I'm the least of all the apostles. That's pretty humble. That's 57 A.D. Listen to something that Paul wrote in 62 A.D., Ephesians 3.8. Paul says, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints. <laughs> First of all, he said, I'm the least of the apostles. And boy, we'd have a struggle with that. Now he's less than the least of all saints. Come on, Paul. <laughs> how could you be less than Demas? He quit. How, how could you be less than John Mark? He bailed. I'm saying to you, the longer that you and I live this Christian life, it ought to be less and less important than people see us. And more and more important than people see God. So 57 AD, he said, I'm the least of the apostles. 62 AD, Ephesians 3, 8, who am less than the least of all saints. Do you know in 65 AD, 1 Timothy 1, 15, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He said, when you talk about sinners, I'm a chief. That is the direction things are supposed to be going. That is not diatrophies. So again, we're trying to learn about but diatrophies. And the first thing is, he's marked by the notice me attitude. Second thing, I'll look back there if you would in 3 John. Hopefully you still have it. You need it all evening. 3 John, look there in verse number 9. I wrote unto the church, John saying to Gaius, I, I, I wrote a letter unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, among the church, receiveth us not. You know, it's pretty clear that Diotrephes, uh, he wants all the attention. But what happens if someone gets in his way? <laughs> well, what happens if, if another Christian just doing what God's called them to do? What happens if people start noticing them? They're not doing it to be noticed. 
But what happens if someone comes along the way and they're just, they're just serving God the best they can. They're not doing it for glory. How does Diotrephes react to something like that? Well, look at the end of verse number 9. When John wrote this letter, it says at the end of verse number 9 that Diotrephes receiveth us not. Anybody that came in the way of seeing, uh, anyone that came in the way of getting the attention from Diotrephes, boy, Diotrephes put the gear into high gear to stop that person. I'm trying to, in my outline here, I'm trying to keep up with N's and A's, and, and uh, humor me. Second characteristic of Diotrephes is his nuke, <laughs> any competition agenda, his nuke, uh, nuclear, kill him. Anyone that threatened the attention of people on Diotrephes, look out. Now, look at the beginning of verse 9. Again, this whole letter is written to Gaius, this good man. But John says in verse 9, I wrote, he's telling Gaius this, I wrote unto the church. If you put those two verses together, verse 9 and 10, it seems that, remember, John is traveling from church to church. And John is intending to go to this church that Gaius is a part of, and Diotrephes is a part of. Say, Pastor, who was Gaius in that church? We're not told. I've read some that think Gaius was the pastor of the church. I'm not sure. Say, preacher, who was Diotrephes of that church? Again, I'm not sure. It's obvious that he does have some power in the church. He does have some clout. So some have said that Diotrephes could be the pastor. That's possible. But they've said this, if he's the pastor, he's a new pastor. He hasn't always been the pastor, so he's recently filled that position of a pastor. And so some have said he's a pastor, a, a new one. Some have said, no, no, I don't think he's the pastor, but he is a very influential person in the church, maybe an assistant, maybe a deacon. Some have said, you know, way back in Bible times, many of the churches met in houses. They didn't have buildings like we have a building today. And so maybe Diotrephes, it was in Diotrephes' house that this church met. In which case, if it was in his house, he would have had some authority, certainly, because it's his own house. So John writes a letter to this church. Well, apparently Diotrephes had the key to the post office box. <laughs> or if it was in Diotrephes' house, uh, the letter was mailed to Diotrephes' mailbox. John writes a letter to this church. Now, you have to remember... John at least led Gaius to the Lord. I think that's a pretty strong case for that. I don't doubt that John led others in this very church to the Lord. They loved John. They respected John. I think not only did John lead a number of them to Christ. Remember, again, my, my inclination is if Diotrephes is a pastor, he's just a recent, just a new one. Maybe John started the church. Just like churches Paul started, later Paul wrote letters to each of those churches. So uh, it's possible that John started this church, and as John is doing his circuit, 
John is writing ahead a letter to this church. That's why it says in verse 9, I wrote unto the church. And probably in that letter, John is excited. <laughs> I mean, there's people in that church he led to Christ. Maybe he started it. Maybe he's heard that they just got a new pastor. I don't know what he heard. John is so excited. He said, listen, I'm planning to come to that church. But when that letter got to this city, and this man, Diotrephes, opened up that letter, and in it he found John, maybe John talked about some great things God had done in other churches that John had preached at, and now John says, you know what, I'm intending with the next couple of months to stop by at the church. I can hardly wait to see you. Well, now look at verse 9. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. <laughs> Diotrephes opens up that envelope, and he reads where John says he can hardly wait to get there. And Diotrephes says, over my dead body he'll come here. We don't know if he simply ripped up the letter. We don't know if he took a pen and paper and wrote back and said, I'm sorry, John, but you're not welcome here. You know what's happening? Adotrophies can't stand anyone else being appreciated, anyone else being loved. And Diotrephes immediately embarked on a campaign, if he could, to somehow unlove John. Could I, could I give an equivalent? We've had some preachers, some evangelists, some missionaries that have been a huge blessing to Golden Plains Baptist Church. Uh, if I throw names out, I'll miss your favorite, and you'll be upset at me. Brother Knox, what a blessing. Could you imagine Brother Knox writing a letter saying, Brother Carlson, I happen to be in Manitoba. Now, that would be a stretch. I happen to be in Manitoba in a couple of months. I'm looking forward to stopping at. Could you imagine Pastor Carlson writing and saying, we have no interest in you coming here? That's Dotrophy's. Why would Pastor Carlson do that? Maybe jealousy. You know, when, when I, I, I've preached with Brother Knox many times behind pulpits, I get envious, and I know that's a terrible thing, but I get envious every time I hear Brother Knox preach because I like his preaching. What if Brother Joe Logan, how he's helped us. What if Brother Logan wrote and said, Brother Carlson, our, our family, my wife and I, we're going to travel through Manitoba we hear I have some great sights. And if I wrote back, said, sorry, you're not welcome here. What if it was Brother Farley? What if it was a new pastor? You just met Pastor Andrew Ray. Do you understand Adotrophes is so consumed with people that notice him that if anyone interferes with that agenda, There is an attempt to rub him out, to rub her out. Folks, I'd like nothing better than for those preachers that have helped us to come by again. It'd be a blessing. It'd be an absolute blessing if they would. 
I say the second thing, it's very possible that just as John, or sorry, Paul wrote to many of the churches he started, that John wrote this church because maybe he started it. Diotrephes, I think, knew how much John loved this local church and how much John loved these dear people in this church. He had to have known that John led some of them to the Lord. Diotrephes had to have known how much those church people loved John. Why would he receive not John when John said, I'm planning to come through? Because John represented competition. Some of the people might love John more than Diotrephes. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't know if you'll understand this. I might not be your favorite preacher. I can handle that. As long as I'm somewhere on your list. <laughs> say, well, Pastor, if I had a list of 10, you'd be 10. I'm still on the list. Praise the Lord. Pastor, if I put a list of 100 favorite preachers, you'd be number 101. As long as I'm still on the list. Really. I don't have to be your favorite. Why would Diotrephes receive not John? Come on, John was the one that started this church. John was the one that led so many. Listen, Diotrephes, before you ever became a pastor here, John was the one that led these, many of these to Christ, discipled these people, say, Pastor, I think you're making that up, that John disciple. Look at verse 8. I'm trying to hurry, but not hurry so much we miss it. Remember the first eight verses, John is writing to Gaius. And, and look at verse 8. We therefore ought to receive such. He is still discipling Gaius. He's giving some instructions for Gaius how he needs to continue to be as a Christian. Why would Diotrephes say, John, we have no interest in you coming here. Not only that, it not only says there in verse, end of verse 9, it doesn't say, receiveth me not. It says, receiveth us not. That's plural. Diotrephes not only didn't want John's crowd, John to come. He didn't want John's crowd to come. He didn't want John's preaching buddies he didn't want John's running mates. He didn't want John's flavor of Christianity. I say, preacher, what do we learn about but diotrephes? Well, the first one, he's noticed by the notice me attitude. And the second thing, he's noted by the nuke any competition agenda. Let's stop for a minute. I say, preacher, why do you make such a big deal about this? Because it seems that some who have a pastor that holds his ground, it's become commonplace to call him a diotrephes because he firmly holds his ground. Listen, if, if someone was trying to bring sin into this church and diotrephes said, we're not going to have any of that sin in the church, we would commend diotrephes. If there was some compromise, listen, if somebody was trying to bring rock and jazz and, and, and all that kind of new worldly music into the church, and Diotrephes said, we're not letting that kind of music into the church. Good on Diotrephes. But that's not Diotrephes. He's not trying to keep the bad out. He's trying to keep the good influence out. 
And that's why, as much, remember how I said that Paul said, I'm the least of the apostles, and several years later, I'm less than the least of all saints, and, and third, I'm the chief of citizens. Do you know, as, Paul, as much as Paul's attitude about himself was humble, coupled with that humility wasn't that Paul became a pushover, and that Paul let anything go and everything go because, after all, he was to be humble. Paul was as stationary and as anchored in what was right to do as he'd ever been before. He just retained a humble spirit about himself. So the next time some preacher says, listen, we're just not going that way. We've been doing this for years. We have no intentions of changing our Bible. We have no intentions of changing our mission emphasis. We have no intention of stopping to get the gospel to people in our town. When a pastor stands up and says, we're not going to change what we've done, well, you're just a Diotrephes. <laughs> you misunderstand Diotrephes. He is not keeping sin out He's keeping the good influences out. And he'll nuke them if that's what's necessary to accomplish that. There's many a pastor who's putting up a fight to keep sin out of the church, and he's called adotrophies. That's not right. It's, it's, not, it's not scriptural. There's many a preacher who's working 24-7 to keep compromise out, and he's falsely labeled a doctor. There's many a preacher who's fighting to keep the old-fashioned Bible and soul winning and separation. But those that are trying to push those things to the back burner of the agenda of a church, well, you're just a doctor. You don't understand doctor. I give you a third thing. Look there in 3 John verse 10. Pastor, what do we learn about doctrophies? First characteristic is the notice me attitude. Second characteristic is the nuke any competition agenda. Anyone that stands in their way, they'll rub them out. Look at the third thing. Verse number 10. The Bible says, wherefore, if I come, Paul is, uh, sorry, John, John is still writing to Gaius. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words. Stop right there. Pastor, how does a diotrophies, uh, how does he change the love of people in his own church against a John who has been so influential? How, how does diotrophies, how does he do that? Look at there in the middle of verse 10, prating against us with malicious words. That's how he does it. He does it with words. Now, let me dissect that little phrase, malicious. Question, is malicious a good thing or a bad thing? It's bad. So first of all, malicious is deliberately harmful. Now, the second thing, it says malicious words. So he uses deliberately harmful words. Again, how does a diotrophies, how does it change a people that have been so influenced by John and help and love John and John's crowd? How does diotrophies do that? He uses hurtful 
and harmful words. Keep going. Still a phrase we're trying to dissect here. Not only we've found malicious and malicious words, but it says against us. So they're using this doctrophes, he is using very hurtful words, harmful words, against John. Every opportunity he can, he says something negative. Hold on. John led you to Christ. John was there in the middle of the night when you lost your baby. And he was praying for you. And he was the one that when you had a family member that was in the hospital with cancer, and John was there and he was praying. John was there when your babies were born and John was there when your daughter got married. John was there when your wife passed away. How are you going to turn a people who love John against the John that helped them with words, but malicious words, hurtful words, hateful words? Then it gives another word that we don't often use. Uh, Look there in the middle of verse 10, prating. Now, I don't think you've used that word in the last week, just like I haven't. Pastor, what is prating? Prating is endless talking. Talking at length. Chattering on and on. It's a constant repetition. And see, I suppose first-time doctrophy said something negative about John. that People kind of flinched. Oh, you're, t- you're talking about the guy who led me to Christ. So he said it again. He said it again and said it again and said it again. And the more he planted those kind of malicious words in the people's ears that loved John, it was just a matter of time. Uh, I know when we go into a mall, who does that? <laughs> I know when we go into a mall, we have no control over the music. I understand that. You'd rather not even hear it once. That's why at home you don't play it, because if you play the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over, it gets into people's minds and it gets into their hearts. And I'm saying to you the third thing, if you're taking notes, we're looking here at but diotrophies, is the third characteristic of diotrophies is his noxious, that's poisonous, attacks. His noxious attacks. Preacher, what's noxious? It's poison. You know, Atrophies was going to turn those people who loved John so much away by hurtful words, by sowing malicious, slanderous words. Make no mistake, a pastor, evangelist, and missionary tries to hold the fort, there will be hurtful words that are said. And when they're said, I'll just stop for a minute and say, that's diatrophies. It'll be simple words to start. Well, you know what? He's just square. <laughs> He's just hopelessly old-fashioned. That John is just behind the times. Look at him. He's, he's 70, he's 80 years old. <laughs> so Dr. Fees would say, well, what do you care about that old geezer? Look at him, he's 80. His hair is gray, and the part that's not gray is clear. It's falling out. 
That's mild. Once it goes from words like that, it goes next to self-willed. He's just self-willed. He's just stubborn. He's just a tyrant and mean and a bully. And from there it goes to a liar and he's deceiving others. Those are poisonous words. And if it's not done just by poisonous words, look at verse 10 again, wherefore if I come, I will remember his deeds. So not only will the Diotrephes use poisonous words, but they'll use poisonous deeds. Why will they do that? To separate those people who love John from John. And if they wouldn't take sides with Diotrephes, look at the rest of verse 10. He says, uh, and not content therewith. It's not enough that he would say malicious words about John. It's not enough that he would do malicious deeds against John. Middle of verse 10, and not content therewith. If that wasn't enough, it didn't make him content enough to do that. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. He used every means he could to turn the very people that loved John, that John loved against each other. And if somebody, in spite of Diotrephes' attempts, still retain their love for John. This guy, he had some power, whether it's because the church was in his home and said, you're not welcome in my home. I don't know. He tried to cast them out. That's diatrophies. i to give you the last thing. I'm trying to finish. We should finish. Look here in 3 John verse 10. 3 John, uh, sorry, make it verse number 11. So, so far, uh, first characteristic is a notice me attitude. Second characteristic is a nuke, any competition agenda. The third thing is uh, a noxious, which is poisonous attacks. It, it, it's with words. It's with deeds. And then the last thing, 3 John verse 11. Now again, he, he used these two words to talk about diatrophies, and then John is... Shifting back to Gaius, he says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil. He says, Gaius, don't follow diatrophies. Follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. You know what he's saying? He's saying, Gaius, when you start hearing in diatrophies making these kind of malicious words, don't follow that. Don't listen to that. And again, folks, that, that didn't just happen in the first century and it ended there. It happens now in, in every church. There's always somebody that's got their nose bent out of shape about something. And misery likes company. They'd like to call and say, well, I just want to tell you. <laughs> Stop just for a minute. This is diatrophies. Folks, haven't all of us been hurt in something? You know what the answer is? Take it to God. Take it to God. That's why he says there in verse number 11, he's shifting back to Gaius, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, and he that doeth evil hath not seen God. I want you to notice that everybody follows somebody. You either follow evil or you follow good. In verse 11, John has shifted back to talking to Gaius. 
And John said, Gaius, everybody follows somebody. You don't want to follow this someone like Diotrephes. You want to follow someone that's good and that's doing good. Do you understand? We're all followers and we're all servants. We're serving somebody. Are they serving God? You're serving the devil. You're either following John or you're following Diotrephes. John represented that old-fashioned, time-tested, soul-winning, church-planning, go the second mile for God. That's John. Diotrephes represented something new. Something new-fashioned. Something that would just change the way churches had been for a long time. And it wouldn't require a sacrifice. It was easy. Diotrephes was going the wrong way and John said, Gaius, don't follow that. We are living in a day and age where people can't just get a hold of you by telephone. It used to be telephone, telegraph, or tell a woman. You can smile. But now there's texting. Now there's WhatsApp. Now, there's all kinds of social media. I've just extended my knowledge of all those sources. When you find somebody that's trying to hurt and change the old-fashioned ways, they call it a block. Block them. Pastor, they've been friends for a long time. They're a diatrophies that are going to cut you off from the very people that brought you to where you're at. I say to you, fourth, if you're taking notes, the fourth characteristic of Diotrephes is he's no longer following God Almighty. He's no longer following God Almighty. And we don't have time to look at it, but, you know, Paul said this, be followers of me even as I also am of Christ. Folks, we, we follow the people that are following Christ. And as soon as it seems that someone has taken an exit ramp off of Christ's highway, we don't follow them anymore. Paul wrote that in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. And if you look at 1 Corinthians 11, we don't have time, we won't take time. You should, though. In 1 Corinthians 11, there was a spirit that was coming into that Corinthian church that was trying to change everything trying to change the role of men and women, and women were becoming very outspoken in 1 Corinthians 11. Paul set it straight. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul identifies the fact that the distinction between men and women was changing. He talked about the hair. Paul said, that's a new thing. Don't go for that. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul addresses the fact that there were some new teachings, some new heresies, Paul addressed the fact that some were abusing the Lord's Supper. Paul said, listen, you don't want to follow that new way because that new way will puff you up. And the identifier of a Gaius and a John was he must increase and I must decrease. Have you got to the place where you're too big? to do little things for God. I think all of us who recognize the name D.L. Moody, Dwight L. Moody, 
he was a pastor of a church in Chicago. And he started very humbly, God blessed, in a marvelous way. He preached all around the world. He was an international speaker. Often back in his church there in Chicago, he would have conferences. And D.L. Moody had a particular conference, and people actually came from overseas, from England, from other countries. And the conference was done. And he had places in his Bible college for these foreign visitors to sleep. The conference was done, and, and D.L. Moody decides he's going to just make sure, uh, you know, everything's locked up tight and everything's finished and nothing's left undone, lights turned off, or is that? And he comes by one of the rooms where some of these Christian visitors from England are. And he notices their shoes are outside their door. Their, their, their door was closed. He, it was late at night. He assumed they were sleeping. Light was out. But the shoes, their shoes were sitting outside the door. Moody didn't recognize that custom, and so there were some students of Moody's school that came down that hallway about the same time, and he said to these students, he said, do you know what, what these preachers are, what, what's going on here? There were preachers in there. And the students said that they're following a custom of their country in England. When a visitor comes to England, they tell the visitor that this is the room that you're staying in, but set your shoes outside the door. And we will clean them. We'll clean them, we'll polish them, we'll shine them, we'll put them right back outside your door. So these students said, we can only guess that they assume that the custom here in the United States and Chicago is the same. Moody said, oh, okay. And so he said to these two students of his own school, gentlemen, would, would you take a piece of chalk? because there are shoes outside of that door and shoes outside of that door and shoes outside of that. He said, will you take a piece of chalk, just lightly write the room number on the bottom of the shoes. And would you please take these shoes to your dormitory? Would you take them to clean them and shine them? Because these men are servants of God where God's called them. And he said, by morning, make sure they're back here. And the reason to write the number on the bottom of the shoe is so you get it in front of the right door. Don't mix them up. You know, one of the students said, Pastor Moody, I didn't come to this Bible college to shine shoes. No. I won't do that. And the other student said, and I won't either. <laughs> he said, okay. You can head on. He was brokenhearted. Moody had given his life to train this next generation to be servants. It's more than just head knowledge. It's to be a servant. When they went to their room, he went and got up his job. He turned each set of shoes over and he wrote their notes. He took them to his room. He took the next hours to clean those shoes, to shine them, bring them back. He had not gotten so big that any kind of service was beneath him. He didn't have to be made to do it. He did it without complaint. And when he brought them back, he didn't advertise it so everybody knew that he did it. Diotrephes people 
lose sight of serving. Don't be a Dodrophes. Let's pray. Father, we've looked at but Dodrophes. After eight verses in 3 John about Gaius, what a treasure, what a blessing that man was. Eight verses, John couldn't say enough about all that that man was. He, he wanted to help, but he didn't have to be seen as a helper. He wanted to serve, but he didn't have to be noticed for his service. He, it, it didn't have to be congratulated. What a blessing Gaius was. But Lord, the opposite side of the coin, the, the polar opposite of Gaius, was this man, Diotrephes. And Lord, it ought to be the desire of every heart here. Lord, help me, help me, help me to be a Gaius in my church. Not to make demands, but to fill needs. Not to be seen, but to serve God. Lord, we've seen Diotrephes. It's so important that he be seen. We've seen Diotrephes. Anyone else that takes the attention from me, I'll get them. We've seen how he gets them. Malicious words and malicious deeds. And Lord, somehow in all that, they forget what it means to serve. Please, Lord, help us to be a Gaius. Help us to uphold and be part of that old-fashioned faith. Help us not to be a doctor faith. Trying to get that old-fashioned faith out. That old-fashioned service out. Help us not to get so big in our boots that we can't serve anymore.